BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome into another edition of the Under Center Podcast brought to you by Sprinkler Fitters Union Local 281. I'm JJ Stankovitz and on this podcast, Cole Komet and Jalen Johnson are the newest members of the Chicago Bears. Cam Ellis joins me to break down everything that happened in the second round of the NFL Draft on Friday. We also look at if Ryan Pace got the best value out of those two picks and a whole lot more on day two of the NFL Draft here on the Under Center Podcast, starting right now. What it means to me to be a Chicago Bear, it's an easy question. It means everything to me. It means rich tradition, uh, black and blue division, defense, legends, linebackers. The history of it. I mean, I'm a big history guy, so understanding this was one of the first franchises just kind of blows my mind, honestly, that I was able to be a part of that. The city, uh, just the, the nostalgia of playing for a storied franchise, the storied franchise of the running back position with guys like Gail Sayers and Walter Payton and being able to follow in those footsteps. So being a bear means everything. And what more can you say? All right, Cam, it is 11.40 p.m. when we're starting to record this, so we're both pretty tired. Yeah. Uh, you don't have babies to deal with overnight. I do, so we're going to try to get through this as quickly as we can. Congratulations. That was quite a flex, but you're right. You that are true. Weird, weird flex, but it's okay. Flex, weird flex. So, Cam, I want to start with this, because Ryan Pace, when we had a chance to talk with him on Friday night, he mentioned that the Bears had scenarios to trade down. So before we even get into this, I just want to play the clip of Ryan Pace talking about this. Yeah, we talked, we had, we had scenarios where we could trade down from both of them and, and we talked those out. And, um, and, and so they, they were all real, but I, I felt like, you know, you always go into this. We say it every time, you know, you write down the number of names that you need. Um, and then, you know, if you get past a certain pass, uh, past a certain point uh, on those names, you're looking to trade back. And, uh, I felt, you know, I, I felt this year, you know, we always wonder, you know, drafting from home, if uh, trades were going to be more difficult. And although we didn't make any trades today, I felt like I can feel it's very easy to, to maneuver around. It doesn't feel any different to me than if we were at Hallis, just the communication with our staff and the technology we had. So to answer your question, yeah, we in both situations, we had scenarios where we, we, where we could go back. But we once we knew those players were, were going to be there, we were – excited to select him at those points. All right, Cam, so what was your takeaway from Ryan Pace saying that the Bears had scenarios to trade down? He didn't use the word opportunities, but it sounded like the Bears maybe could have traded out of 43 and 50 if they really wanted to. Do you buy that? Do you buy that the Bears were right to stay in those spots, or do you think Pace probably should have just decided to move down and get some accumulate some more picks later in the draft uh i mean i i buy that they're certainly probably presented the opportunity to um you know like 
it's probably not the popular thing, but I don't really mind that he didn't this time around. They have, what, one, two, three, four, five picks tomorrow. Yeah, they could use maybe another fourth, maybe another early fifth. But, you know, at that when you're trading down at that point, what, like, uh, I don't know, you needed a tight end, you needed a cornerback. They went and got it. It was a bad tight end. It's a, it's a shallow tight end class this year. Trading down means you're probably not getting a real contributor at tight end. Um, so you, you wonder if you needed to get commit at 43. I think that's right. sort of the big question mark, but it, I, I know it, it doesn't really bother me as much as I think it bothers a lot of other people. Yeah. Cam, you, you just brought up my biggest question. Did the bears really need to use the 43rd overall pick on Cole Komet? And I kind of asked Ryan Pace that on Friday night of, you know, essentially did the thin class of tight ends play into your decision to go get Komet with that pick? And he said, yeah, you know, we're, we understood that this was essentially the, the tight ends the Bears wanted were going to go quick. And it seems like there, it was more accurately to say it, the tight end the Bears wanted <laughs> yeah. was going to go quick. And, you know, quibble you all you want over Cole Komet being the 43rd overall pick, but there were other teams that needed tight ends. And Komet was kind of the consensus number one tight end on the board. So if you're the Bears sitting here saying, and let's say you got Matt Nagy, who we're going to talk to on Saturday night, banging the table and saying, guys, you've got to get me a Y tight end because we have not had a Y tight end since I got here. If, if that's what Matt Nagy is saying to Ryan Pace and you have a good grade on Cole Komet, then I don't have as much of a problem with using the 43rd overall pick on him. Right. And look, if you flipped it and Jalen Johnson went 43rd and Cole Komet went 50th, it almost might feel better because Jalen Johnson, you know, the, the take on him was, oh, what a steal to get this guy. You could have been a first-round pick. And if you waited until 50 to get Komet, it might not feel like you're reaching as much for him. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, you know, I think you're right in that. It, it, I think people would be happier if I think that's a good point that it would, people would be happier if it was the other way around. But I, I think the, there's such a, I mean, trading down is so in vogue these days. You know, everyone wants to trade down, trade down, trade down. You know, Bill Belichick does it, so we all want to do it. And yeah, I mean, I think eventually you wonder, you, you think the Bears maybe want a couple more picks before the, what, 163 or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I think you're right. And I think if anything, the, 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 the class depth of tight end, which was really playing against the bears from the start really dictated, you know, trades more so than offers they got, if that makes sense. Like yeah, yeah, they could have yeah. gotten all the offers they wanted to, but you know, at the end of the day, if you're sitting there with Bryce Hopkins, as you know, you're the, the only guy available to you at that point, what was really the point? You needed one. Um, Jimmy Graham wasn't going to do it on his own. You know, the nine other guys in there weren't going to do it on their own. This, <laughs> this, this makes all the sense to me. And I, I get that maybe it was a little bit of a reach, but I guess sometimes, you know, the, your needs dictate that sometimes. It wasn't egregious, I should say. So a, a couple thoughts on this. Ryan Pace saying they had scenarios to trade down does not mean they had a fair scenario to trade down. Like, doesn't everyone always have scenarios like, to trade down? You would, yeah, like that, to me, that means they talked through it. They maybe had an offer. I'm not entirely sure if they did. We're recording this so fast afterwards. You know, I'm not entirely sure of that. But if that offer wouldn't necessarily fit, you know, the, the Jimmy Johnson draft point chart. It could have been kind of a crappy offer that Ryan Pace is like, hey, you know what? 
getting an extra, you know, sixth round pick this year and maybe a fourth rounder next year isn't really worth it. I would understand that. And again, I, I go back to it. Komet, Komet fits what the Bears need in that he's a Y tight end. And had they not gone out and got Cole Komet, we're looking at Demetrius Harris as right. your number one Y tight end this year, which means the Bears are probably not using as much 12 personnel as they should. And I've been banging the table about this for years, I feel like. Yes. But, so I wrote it on, on NBC Sports Chicago on Friday. The Bears used 12 personnel on only 13% of their plays in 2019. That was the third lowest in the NFL. The two offenses in the league most similar to Matt Nagy's being the Eagles and the Chiefs were in the top five in the league and using 12 personnel. Philadelphia was first. Kansas City was fifth. We're talking about them using 12 personnel on a third of their plays almost. So to me, that – that signals that th- this is a more glaring need than maybe we're giving it credit for knowing how badly the Bears tight end played last year, that if you can go out and get that wide tight end and pair him with Jimmy Graham, and I, this is also, I don't want to make it sound like I think the Bears tight end situation is solved because I have a ton of questions about Komet and Jimmy Graham. Yeah. <laughs> but from a standpoint of, hey, we went out and tried to fix these problems, the Bears have done that. And I, I almost think there's to a point that just getting two tight ends on the field makes the Bears offense better. Just the, the ability to roll out Cole Komet or Demetrius Harris instead of Adam Shaheen or Ben Broniker makes the Bears offense better because it makes you more multidimensional and keeps defenses guessing a little bit more. That, that to me has some benefit to it. The downside, Cam, that I see is that I, I'm just generally out on drafting tight ends high yeah. in gen- as a general rule. This has nothing to do with Cole Komet. But over the last decade, tight ends taken in the first two rounds of an NFL draft as rookies have averaged 27 catches, 306 yards, and three touchdowns. They just don't – the learning curve is so steep from college to the NFL that these guys usually take a year or two to develop. And if you're counting on Adam she- – on Cole Komet, sorry – to be or Adam Shaheen. All right. Well, you're not counting on Adam Shaheen. Ryan Pace <laughs> mentioned Adam Shaheen exactly zero times in his conference call with us today. <laughs> yeah. If you're counting on Cole Komet to be a solution, I think it's a bit more of a riskier bet than his draft spot and athletic profile may suggest. Although that brings up an interesting point though, because aren't the Bears sort of counting on him to be a solution? Mm-hmm. Like I like I sort of imagine he's probably fighting for the starting spot this summer if there is a summer camp you know if he, like, if he isn't the star, if he isn't your number one wide tight end at the start of the season then something's gone wrong because right. he should beat out Demetrius Harris I mean I remember I think that was you who was talking to Trey Burton right remember he was like hey like I'm not playing well the tight ends aren't playing well our offense isn't playing well like, right there's, there's a reason behind that and yeah no I think you're right in that it is it, it the the Bears were sort of over barrel here because they had to get a tight end and you know they they paid Jimmy Graham where they paid him but they they needed to get young there and they needed to get better there in a year when that really wasn't an option and so I you, you could have the scenarios but again you're, you're only going from you know someone with a mid-second round grade at best case scenario mm-hmm. and, you know you trade down you're getting guys you know in the fifth 
fourth, fifth round grades. Like that's not, that's how Matt Nagy gets fired next year. You know, like <laughs> they didn't really have a choice. So this is a question I've been pondering and I think I've come to an answer on it. Would the bears have been better off signing Austin Hooper to the contract he got with the Browns, which is four years, 44 million, I believe. Or were they better off drafting Cole Komet in the second round with their highest pick? And I think they're better off drafting Cole Komet. Yeah. I'm just generally of the idea that free agency just really never works. Like, or if, if when it does, it's very rare. I remember seeing a stat somewhere that the, 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 the free agent sort of bust percentage is actually, like, staggeringly high. Um, you very rarely get the value you're paying. I mean, the, 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 the popular saying in baseball free agency is that you're paying for what they did and not what they're going to do. But, yeah, I think at any chance you get, you draft a young guy on a rookie contract who – who, who is able to play and plug in immediately, then you go out and, you know, you strap yourself to a, to a cap hit that all of a sudden, you know, might be good one year and then might be terrible the next three years. Um, I, I, I agree. I, 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 it, it was definitely, I think, the right decision. I don't know if you, they're either one or great decisions. But That's, not, yes. <laughs> That's where I was going to go is that, unfortunately, because the Bears are backed into a corner because Trey Burton and Adam Shaheen were failures – in Chicago, you have to make these decisions. This is how you wind up with Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet as your two tight ends instead of the plan was never for that to be the plan this year. The plan was for Adam Shaheen to be setting himself up for a second contract and Trey Burton to be the solution at the U. So this is what happens when a plan fails and you have to go out and fix it. It's not a perfect fix, but it's better than probably whatever the alternative was, at least as it relates to Cole Komet. Which Anyways, is Cam- also sort of like the, you know, the, the sad comedy of the Bears is that this is a well-built team that has are really uh, backed into a corner at the two positions that they need to be successful. Like, Ryan Pace has built this team really well outside of quarterbacks and tight ends, and, like, that's what the Bears need. And so, mm-hmm. it's, so it's sort of depressing that Ryan Pace, who gets – who deserves a lot of – what he gets for drafting both, you know, the quarterback and the tight ends and dealing with the tight ends, but he doesn't quite get the credit otherwise. But at, at the end of the day, like when you're an offense that predicates around quarterbacks and tight ends and you can't do that, what do you want them to say, you know? Right. Yeah. Ryan Pace has done a really good job drafting defensive players. Uh, offensive players, bit more of a mixed bag. Right. Um, anyways, Cam, before we move on, I want to get into some Cole Komet specific talk here a quick reminder that fire sprinklers don't work without water get your building's fire pump tested asap go to sprinklerfitterchicago.org or call 708-597-1800 sprinkler fitter is union local 281 protecting chicagoland for over 100 years so i want to play some sound from cole Komet because i got a bit of a rant to go on here involving this specific comparison does it rhyme with skronskowski the who? Does it rhyme with Skronskowski? It uh, does not rhyme with Kwiatkowski or <laughs> whatever it may be. But here's the sound that Cole Komet had to say in his uh, first meeting with the Chicago media on Friday. Yeah, I mean, this is something that, you know, I've, I've, a guy that I've always looked to was Gronk when he played. I mean, his physical style and play and being able to use his, his size at 6'6 is, um, is something that's unique and something that I feel like I can do. So... Um, you know, his style will play something that I try and model after, and that's kind of what I'm trying to emulate to be. All right, so, I, Cam, I tweeted this out because I, 
I'm sorry. Can we just stop with the Gronk nonsense? Like, That's what I was getting at. So it, does, it is a Gronk rant. It is a Gronk rant. Okay. Because, yeah. and look, I love that Cole Komet says, hey, you know, I, you know, I, I really love watching Gronk. You, you're, a tight, you're a big tight end. You should love watching Gronk. Yeah, me too. Bro. It is not a problem that Cole Komet thinks of himself as someone who could maybe be Gronk. That's really good. I want every tight end I have to think he could be Gronk. But can we just, like, seriously, for the love of God, Anyone who says any tight end is going to be the next Gronk just needs to completely stop with that garbage. Here's something Matt Nagy said in July 2018. This is what I tweeted out. Quote, I don't like making comparisons, but when you look at him, you get a guy like Gronk. I know that comparison's been made. That was Matt Nagy talking about Adam Shaheen. Baby Gronk. But, uh, by the way, I, I also tweeted this out, and I just want to give this – another bit of run my favorite thing that has ever happened in the media room at Hallis Hall is our friend Kevin Fishbane from the athletic on a conference call with Rob Gronkowski asking Rob Gronkowski have you ever heard of Adam Shaheen Rob Gronkowski's response uh sometimes Rob Gronkowski's so never heard of Adam Shaheen no but Adam Shaheen was uh nicknamed baby Gronk because he is of the same complexion and size, (laughs) and that's it. You you never hear anyone go, oh, I feel like I'm a good Cameron Brait, you know? That's really my (laughs) good comp. Um, No, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's, uh, you know, everyone, it's it's a lazy comparison, and everyone wants to be Gronk, and no one is Gronk. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't see it. Um, it's, it's, I, you're not going to be mad at the athlete for thinking they're good. You know, like I, I always, right. I always sort of laugh when people are like, Oh, you know, they say the best, like, what, what do you want the athlete to say? Like, well, you know, you know, I'm surprised I got drafted in the second round too. I'm really only a fifth round talent. Like they're, you're not going right. to say that, but right. yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it's a lazy media comparison. Um, let's just like let one day pass before we, Pass judgment on that, and and let's like see them play football against professional football players um, before we start calling him the next greatest tight end of all time. Yeah. Also, the Cole Komet comparison I thought was Jason Witten, which would be really really good if yeah. the Bears draft or Greg Olson, yeah, who Cole Komet liked watching growing up until I loved when he dropped that in there until he got traded. <laughs> like it, the way he said it was a little offhand but I really wanted it to be with just dripping with like I can't believe this franchise traded Greg Olson what a stupid move that was because that would be amazing <laughs> that would be great it'd be a very Bears fan of him right like yes absolutely I, my actual my favorite part of that was when they asked him his favorite mo- his favorite moment as a Bears fan and he said a preseason game against the Chargers <laughs> his favorite um, moment was just going to a preseason game and I was like what preseason game are you at because i've never enjoyed watching a preseason game yeah in a couple of years the bears are going to draft a player who's like my favorite preseason memory is when eddie pinero hit a field goal against the panthers and everyone went nuts and then elliot fry missed a field goal and it was like whoa we found our kicker the great aj mccarron fourth quarter comeback of uh oh my. or whatever what that a pull that is the buffalo bills preseason game four A.J. McCarron leading what a tremendous comeback against the Bears in a game that only you, Cam, remember. Because I was one of four people there. Um, But, yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, It's a silly comparison. But, hey, you know, when you're a Bears fan, you want to hear your 
tight end who's also a Bears fan say he could be the next Gronk. I get it. Yeah, t- yeah. Tonight's all about lip service, so I'm not I'm not going to get too mad about it. I'll get mad about it when Nagy says it again. How about that? Yeah, there we go. That Also, that's a great way to put it. Tonight is all about lip service. Um, by the way, Cole Komet, just as a, a side note, really cool story. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, he's a local guy who went to Notre Dame and now plays for the Bears. That's what like half of Chicago dreams of when they get into football half is to go play for Notre Dame and then go play for the Bears. Cole Komet gets to live that out. That's really cool. The video of him celebrating being drafted by the Bears was really, really neat. Uh, it's all over Twitter and Instagram if you haven't seen it. But we want to move on to Jalen Johnson here. Yeah. Um, this pick to me was just like it could not have worked out better for the Bears right. to go get a cornerback who does everything the Bears need to replace Prince Mukamara. The only concern with him being his shoulders um, seems like the Bears are okay with that. He's okay with it. I'm not I – I didn't leave talking to Ryan Pace and Jalen Johnson feeling like they were hiding anything or there's anything really worrying about that. Um, this is just a smart, sensible pick by Ryan Pace. It's not like he went out and reached for a guy who is coming from a small school and has a lot of work to do. Jalen Johnson's just a really damn good football player and I think fits perfectly what the Bears needed on that defense. Yeah, I mean, people talk about the shoulders, and that's fair. Three, three soldiers, shoulder surgeries – ooh, that's a mouthful um, – going into before your pro is worry. But also, like Pace said tonight, he missed one game. Like, he played. He right. played through these. And, I mean, like, the stats behind Jalen Johnson are absurd. Like, here's – I mean, the, the popular one is what? The three touchdowns and 1,200 snaps. Mm-hmm. But here's a guy who – I'm reading this right now. The lowest completion percentage on targets of 10-plus yards – he is above Jeff Gladney. He's above Jeff Okuda. He's above everyone. He literally was the best at those long passes. Like, he is an elite corner when it comes to defending the long ball. And I, it's something the Bears sort of weirdly struggled with last year. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. He sort of got torched on long balls and long throws last year. Um, everything I've read about him is he's just he's – just, he's a whip smart. He's a, he's a great guy. He's a good – he's a hard – worker mm-hmm. um he sort of feels like one of those guys that the locker room is going to embrace yes real quickly just because he's sort of no nonsense and he's just going to go in there and work and we all love those grinders um but yeah no, I, I mean everyone it was sort of surprising to see this many people be like ryan pace made a really savvy jack pick like everyone, <laughs> everyone is so used to just like slamming ryan pace for doing these jack picks but this was i think this was a really good pick i really liked it also, Jalen Johnson comes to the Bears with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Here's yeah. what he had to say about falling all the way to number 50 in this year's draft. Um, definitely as a competitor um, and as the expectations I have for myself. I mean, of course, I expect it to go a lot higher, but I wouldn't um, necessarily let that um, confuse people on my assignment that I am, that I have an opportunity to be able to play at a professional level and live on my childhood dream. Um, and I'm definitely forever grateful for the Bears to be that first team to believe in me um, and give me an opportunity to be able to provide for my family. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm forever grateful and thankful just for the expectations that I have for myself. I didn't expect to be around for that pick. Um, so, I mean, definitely had some internal things going on in terms of that aspect, but I'm forever grateful. No, I'll never forget about that because, I mean, for me, this moment is big and it's a once-in-a-lifetime moment. I mean, I only go through this once. Um, so, I mean, the way I took it as they feel like there was so many other corners better than me or that I couldn't add more value to, their, to that organization. So, I mean, for me, at the end of the day, I'm going to go out 
every week and show who I am, what I could have been for any team that would have selected me, um, and really just give back to the team that did pick me and show love to them and appreciate to them and give them all I got in practice um, in any way that they need me. Uh, but definitely I'm going to do all I can to make teams regret the decision. All right. I love it when a guy gets – did you see, by the way, anyone who's listening to this and also you, Cam, did you see Jalen Johnson's reaction to being drafted? It was stone-faced, like, all right. Yeah. He's finally. A, he's, a, he's a let's get to work fella. I, I, I loved I, I loved it. It was, it was like, should have happened a while ago. I'm not like it, – it, it just screamed like – there is no way in hell I am celebrating being the 50th damn player taken in this draft because I should have gone 30 picks sooner. And I, I love that out of a guy. I love that attitude of just like, you know what? Screw the rest of the league. I'm way better than this. And I'm going to go out and do whatever I can to show it. it. It's like the, you know, not to the extent, but like Aaron Rodgers holding a grudge against the 49ers for taking Alex Smith over him and just like still holding on to that 15 years later. Right. It's like that that level of it's not necessarily pettiness, but that level of just like feeling slighted works for football players in a way that I kind of really like out of Jalen Johnson here. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think he sort of nailed the the press interview tonight, I will say. Um, talking about how, you know, he only plays on the he's only played in the left in college, but that's where Kyle Fuller plays and he'll play anywhere. And, you know, he's used to matching up against number one receivers in the Pac twelve, which like snicker, snicker, snicker a little bit. Like, okay, man, like good for you. Um, but yeah, no, I mean I, I love the attitude. I think the Bears defense is gonna love the attitude. Um they're the Bears secondary's got some tude now. Um, but to Eddie Jackson's the, like the talker, but Kyle Fuller's got some toot, although he never talks. Like I, I like it. They're, they they got some fellas here. I'm I'm in, I'm excited to see how this works because I think it's I think he maybe even more than Komet is gonna contribute successfully right away, unless you know the shoulder stuff happens again. But I think he really he really seems like someone that they can plug in and at that at that draft slot, you just you you're happy for any sort of concern about reaching for commit i think is mitigated by the fact that they got johnson where they got him yeah and i think that's that's probably a fair way to put it um for all the consternation about drafting commit where you got him there's a lot of love for where the bears got jalen johnson and i mean look every year there there are so many guys who get drafted middle of the second round who you know people are like that guy could have been a first round pick Mm -hmm. but you know, it's like we were talking about on the podcast yesterday. Once you get past the 20th pick in the first round, the difference between that guy and the guy taking 60th overall is really not all that great. And, you know, there's always a guy who falls so far. You're like, how did that happen? And there's always a guy who gets drafted super high. And you're like, how did that happen? This year, it's probably Damon Arnett going as high as he did, 19th overall to the Raiders. And then the guy who falls is Josh Jones going all the way down uh, to the Arizona Cardinals with a pretty late selection on day two. Mims, Denzel Mims fell pretty far. Denzel yeah. Mims. I, by the way, Cam, I tweeted an absolutely god awful tweet. I did see that. I wasn't going to say anything, but it was, you so, it was so bad. Don't read it if anyone's listening to this. I just um, delete my bad tweets. I'm just like, ah, this doesn't need to exist anymore. Okay. Well, before we get super delirious uh, and end this podcast, can let, let me do one quick ranking to end the night. Okay. Um, my rankings of the memeable things that happened on yes. Friday night. Okay. 
Number one, Bill Belichick's dog. Yeah, that, I thought that was I thought that was photoshopped, and then I was like, oh, someone's it clever. Sure no, wasn't. It wasn't. The dog just sits there. My my wife hates Bill Belichick. Oh, okay. She's she is a diehard Colts fan. Hates Bill Belichick, and even she was like, eh, all right. Bill Belichick's got a very well behaved and cute dog. Good for him. I, I did appreciate. Very that. extremely well behaved. Uh, yeah. Got a treat for making that trade. Um, number two is the room Matt Nagy was drafting in. Um, JJ, oh my God. So, so uh, it's got all of his old play sheets and call sheets up on the wall. That's that's the wallpaper. Yeah, and I I think that's maybe a little weird, but. For people who didn't immediately recognize that, it looked like um, Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia look, you know, searching for Carol in HR. Yeah. It looked like uh, Carrie from Homeland trying to figure out That's who's cool. doing the terrorism. And Cam, what was the thing you tweeted out? Um, Rust from season one, True Detective, you know, with that trailer yeah. when they're trying to find the Yellow King. Um, no, that was really weird. I am concerned. I, it is a weird thing to do, and I think when I when we get Nagy tomorrow, I'm gonna ask him about it. And I, I like, think we have to. Yeah, because it I'm concerned, and it's weird, and there are no windows, and it's a really creepy place. And he was wearing sneakers on a white rug. The whole the whole thing threw me off, and I didn't like it. Um, so yeah, that's definitely number two. Keep going. It w- well, real quick on that, it was funny because Thursday night the Bears tweeted out a photo of Matt Nagy's draft setup which was him at his desk. Surprisingly simple. Surprisingly simple. Uh, his dog, Tuddy, looking like a very good boy, waiting mm-hmm. for some treats. It looked extraordinarily normal. There was nothing amiss. You couldn't pick out a single thing in the background that you'd be like, that's weird that Matt Nagy has that. Right. And then, yeah, the yeah, interesting to say the least. Uh, look, we are a media core who asked Matt Nagy about his mispronunciation of the word peanuts when he sung Take Me Out to the Ball Game at Wrigley Field, we have to ask him about this. And then number three, Roger Goodell just slouching um, in his leather chair. I mean, like Mr. Burns talking about the great equalizer being a good sit yeah. was Roger Goodell. Yeah. It just like, I, I swear, I thought he was going to be like, you know what? I'm doing away with comp picks because I'm sick of this. Anyone who has a third round comp pick just lost it because I want to go to bed. He just, he, he just like threw darts at a board and you're like, you get Denzel Mims, you get Jalen yeah. Johnson, whatever. Um, no, he just like, uh, he looked like he was in pain. Like his face was flushed and then he just very clearly like started sitting down and like he would get up. It, it, was, it was a very sort of delirious l- latter half of this round, which I sort of do understand at the end of the day. Um, he has right. been in that dungeon for the last two days, which I can extremely relate to. Um, but it was... Cam, you've been in a dungeon for longer than two days, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, Bill O'Brien just absolutely going oh, yeah. on someone. That was good. Did you see Did you see what that was? Yeah, because like someone pulled out of a trade the last second. Not just, not just someone, but the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I thought was, someone was going to realize well, like, what he was paying Laramie Tunstall, and he just found that out <laughs> in that moment. He was like, oh, no. Um, when you're getting got by the Lions, things are not going great for you. No. No, and I would love to have heard what Matt Patricia's take on Roger Goodell's posture would have been because friend of the podcast, Mike Rothstein, got it from Matt Patricia back in 2018. I'd love to see Matt Patricia, Roger Goodell announcing the Lions pick while just slouched like a slob 
in his chair and the Detroit Lions select DeAndre Swift and Matt Patricia just being like, you know what, sit up. If you're going to announce our pick, just at least show some respect and sit up. It's going to get so weird when it starts before 12 o'clock. Like, I'm, we're going to be back at it at 11 a.m. tomorrow. It's super cool because I'm going to have to wake up and feed some babies in like four hours. Yeah, and that's going to go right. It's going to end right during your baby's hissy fit hours, right? Oh, God, yes. Are you kidding? Or, it like, started during the, literally the Bears drafted Cole Komet, and I didn't hear the screen because both my babies were screaming because <laughs> they didn't want to go to bed. They're just big Comet fans. No, well, apparently not. Apparently they wanted the Bears to trade down because they were screaming so loudly. They're prudent. They're smart. They're reading PFF. God, uh, okay. (laughs) We've got to get out of here, Cam. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening to this podcast. You know the drill. If you liked it or whatever. Tolerate it. Yeah, if you tolerated it. If you tolerated our ramblings at midnight on a Friday. Uh, Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, the My Teams app. You can get the podcast there. I just need need to wrap this podcast up because I am about to fall asleep while ending a podcast, which would probably be a new low for the Under Center podcast. Anyways, we've had some fun tonight. We're going to be back tomorrow with a fresh podcast after Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace talk. Hopefully, we'll have – we feel a little bit more well-rested. We'll have a lot more draft picks to talk about then. And And we will talk – and and what? And his room. Oh, and and we're gonna get a deep dive into Matt Nagy's room. Cam, you're by the way, you've moved on from being the Chase Chats insider to the Matt Nagy home decor insider. I'm really I'm carving out a nice beat of just ranking things that the Bears put on walls. That's how I'm gonna make my name is just decorations of bears. Well, that and Robert Quinn flipping a coin to choose the Bears. Um, <laughs> anyways, we're gonna get out of here. Thank you for listening to the Under Center podcast, brought to you by Sprinkler Fritters Union Local 281. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on NBCSportsChicago.com and the My Teams app.